Hello and welcome to the Backwards Infect. I'm Kane here with my brother Luke as always and today with our special guest Brian talking all things presence, all things awakening, all things trying to drop the trickery and the ego within ourselves and seeing what happens. Welcome Brian. Good to talk to you. I've heard so much about you. Not Man. just recently over lots of lots of time. Yeah, I think me and Luke go back uh 15 years, right Luke? Yeah, it has. Well, 10, I've been U.S. food 17 years, probably looking at 20. Yeah. So, Kane, I'm the uh, probably the only pr other person besides yourself that has actually witnessed the transformation that is Luke Sarter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, he's, he's definitely had some transformation for yes. sure. Well, I'm glad to be here, guys. I'm I'm glad to be the uh, first, I guess you would call it, guest test dummy. So that'll that'll work out pretty <laughs> good, I guess. When you guys get famous, I'll 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 be able to sit back and know that I was the first guest. Uh, I can, it's can good live to have vicariously you here, man. live vicariously through you. <laughs> it's good to have you here. We just love talking about it, and uh, from what I hear, you'll fit right in. Just chit chatting about the whole the whole deal. Well, when Luke asked me, it was, um, I mean, I've listened to all the podcasts except for one. I kind of went out of order uh, because I really wanted to get to that last podcast with the for beginners, you know, uh, maybe people who haven't ventured into the waters just yet and are looking for direction because it just so happens I had my son with me that day and I kind of wanted him to to hear that. So I went a little bit out of order and, uh, and really, I mean, I'm listening to you guys go at it and it's, it, it just flows so well, especially for a couple of guys who've never done a podcast before, but it, it makes me think about, I was like, man, this sounds a lot like when me and Luke are just chatting on the phone and driving for two hours to wherever it is we go in our days. And before you know it, two hours has gone by and you're like, I still have stuff to say, you know, I, there's things I want to go over, you know? So, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of conversation around it. It's just really cool to see it come to life in a platform that, um, that others can experience it, I guess is where you're at because it, it's, it's honestly, it's a little, it's a little intimidating and a little uh, challenging to speak alone about this process about the whole process the whole experience it's it's it, it, it's it's intimidating you know when you're trying to explain to someone what you're feeling you know you feel it so much how do you get that in words and i i can tell you personally sometimes it just doesn't come out exactly what you're feeling so this is this is a really good platform i'm, I'm liking it already loving it yeah we Neither of us didn't think that we could do it alone. I mean, listen to a lot of spiritual teachers on, on the podcasts or books or whatever, and they're all by themselves, which seems pretty, it is intimidating to tackle that, but to throw things off, I think it off of people, it gives just a, a unique thing that's not out there. What do you think exactly is intimidating? Is it like just like some of the words, like for example, I, I, God? I don't think maybe intimidating. I, it's just you know Eckhart Tolle when he's on stage, he's just sitting there like in in a straight back chair talking to 
10,000 people and he's just waiting for, you know, stillness to speak. So there's nothing, there's no devil's advocate. There is no back and forth conversation. Um, or with, with any of them, really, they get so high as far as one person that, um, they just don't have anyone to bounce anything off of, but intimidating as far as, you know, just, I think only in the beginning, I think you could do it as one person, the thought of you doing it by yourself, um, having never done it before. I think it's intimidating, but if you started to do it, I think I could talk for two hours and just, you know, wait, I could, I don't think it would be as good of listening, but I think you could do it. You think some of that is just God. And I mean, it's just such a trigger word or concept for so many people. So I, I, I'm with you, Kane. I, I, I think that when I say intimidating, I, I think it's verbiage mostly for me, you know, myself and Luke, we're down here in the Bible belt, you know, deep South Southern, Southern Baptist, you know, you start getting heavy entrenched into a lot of uh, religious uh, following down here. And it's hard to explain what you're experiencing without using some of the verbiage that people are used to hearing. And it really gets confusing because they're hearing the version that they want to hear based off the the words that they're hearing. And you're really trying to tell them something differently. So it's, it's a challenge to put, I guess, to put your thoughts together in a, in a, in a way that it relates to people, but it doesn't keep them wandering down the same path they're on. I mean, that's, that's the intimidating part. And when I listen to you guys, you know, where, where I see you sometimes you'll hit a hit a small roadblock or a fork in the road. Luke is right there to pick it up because I think on your one a couple of podcasts back, you were talking about the two versions of 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 you guys. You know, yours is completely different than Luke's, and Luke's is completely different, similar to mine, but different. And you know, everybody's got a different path that they can take. To, you know, to the same to the same place, but. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, people out there that they're, they're, they're slightly afraid. I think, you know, they're afraid to step outside of the box of what they know is warm and toasty. They know something's not right in their life. They're looking for some kind of direction that they're not getting in whatever aspect that they seem to be, you know, doing currently. It, but they're they're just afraid to walk out on that ledge and put them out there and put themselves out there and be vulnerable and and it's a little bit difficult I think I think difficult may be the the better word than than intimidating it's a little bit difficult to get it to translate I know Luke worked on me for like probably five years and he's trying to tell me about which he was experiencing it for the first time as well right but he was trying to tell me about this journey and and I think you were in the same place Luke because you were using terminology that we all use but i was stuck in a place where i was like hmm, this sounds a lot like this or it sounds a lot like that and and it just it's just a challenging and but this this setting i think makes it a lot better for people to to relate to many different people you know especially as your yes. guest list expands you know and you start bringing on 
like I would love to see you guys talk to someone who has no idea about this, but they're willing right. to come on and and just talk about it. That would be that would be amazing. Yeah, we're keeping our eye out for somebody that seems to be asking the right questions, but don't even necessarily know it. Yeah, there's some real interesting um, possibilities where, um, yeah, things could get interesting. Most definitely. Yeah, when Brian was talking, I was thinking about your that podcast where it got really good at the end where you're talking about your awakening and it just kind of flowed and didn't even plan on talking about that. And when the thoughts stopped coming in here to what Brian said, if somebody trusts you and you can talk to them and they are involved in a church that, that can fall off to where they get that. But then like resentment and hate can like creep in just like when you said something special came in and that was that that was not, nothing you did where yours was so unique, Kane, but yeah. something else can come in as well. Like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to hate the church for taking 20 years of my life type thing, although I can see that clearly. The past still can't be seen clearly as I'm going to gain so much more. So you saw the positives like in. I mean, you went to the grocery store and you're putting up groceries when you got back and you understood what love was in, in a profound way. But it's it's not it's not that easy for someone leaving. Um, other stuff can come in if you, if you see what I mean. Well, yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, so military training, like all of cults, um, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, MK ultra mind control. I mean, there's a lot of systems that work on destroying the ego, destroying the self. I mean, even to some degree, the church itself, I mean, it's kind of attacking your worldview at a really young age, but there's many, many systems that are, that are attacking the self and then as the self starts to crumble, immediately picking up those pieces and enforcing stuff in the direction that they want to go. So you can see like a lot. I mean, that's one of the things where I first had it happen. I'm like, oh, this could possibly get off the rails real quickly if you're not focused in this moment on, like you saying, trying to stay positive and having somebody to talk to. Um, like Keith Ranieri is a great example. So he's a cult leader. I don't know if you guys have heard his name. I mean, took it all the way to, I mean, complete sex slavery and branding. And that's from a self-help group that preaches dissolving the ego, like in the introduction. And then as their ego dissolves, he just picks up from there and starts reprogramming in the image that he wants. <clears throat> so... Yeah. So I'm right there with Luke. I think my my personal experience was exactly what Luke said. I heavily and well, I would say as a as a youth, not heavily involved in church. We were casual churchgoers, but as I started developing uh, in you know into a young man and then into an adult, you know, living my own life, getting married, you know, I, I started getting more involved with church, and then. As it always seems to do, there are things that, you know, 
you make bad mistakes in your life. You make bad decisions, you know, sure. and, yeah. and things happen. So, and you want to lean on something, you want to lean on something solid. Trust, trust is a big one. You, you, you know, churches are definitely a community of like-minded people that build a level of trust and security. And for people, and for people who are going through negative circumstances in their life that is very appealing they they want to they want to put that warm cozy blanket on so i was there and, and luke probably saw this process in me i i was reaching for something that wasn't there i, I needed a security blanket i needed my life to get together and i was looking everywhere except for inside of myself and once you know me and Luke would talk about everything under the sun, you know, all day long while we were working just back and forth, especially in the next tell days, we, you know, just talking to each other <laughs> all day long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it kind of hit me one day, you know, what am I doing? You know, what, what am I doing? So I started and you guys actually talked about this on a previous podcast. It, it doesn't need to be regimented. You know, it, it doesn't like Luke said, you don't want to fall into, hey, I'm forced to meditate at one o'clock and seven o'clock and ten o'clock. But at the same time, I'm a big believer. I train a lot. So you have to train the body to make physical changes and you have to stay in a routine so that you don't fall away from that. So I think the better discipline. use of yeah, the better use of that is discipline and routine. Mm -hmm kind of forcing yourself to do it at first because it doesn't feel good. And, and we can get into all of that, but it, it doesn't feel good at first. But once you see it, your eyes are kind of open. And then, and then like Luke was referencing earlier, I kind of, I kind of got my eyes open, but then I also let resentment come in toward wasting, as I thought, wasting so much time with the church, you know, trying to, you know, with, with so many people trying to lead me in a direction. So I built up the resentment and I've spent a lot of my time study. I've read, I've read the Quran. I've, I've read the Bible many times. I wanted to know everything there was to know about religion because I was waiting on that day when I could speak to someone and just blast them, you know, just, just go after them. Like, Oh, you, this is wrong. And you, you know, and this is why, you know, and, and I'll tell you that went on for a little while. And one day, and this is where I, I can kind of relate. So to you're, you you're dropping, you're dropping the conditioning of the church, but you're gaining resentment. Yes. I, I took off one set of shackles to put on another set yeah. of shackles and 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 then one day I'm I'm as I'm trying to go through, I think my wife sometimes will tell me, she's like, you know, I haven't seen you meditate in a while. You know, are you still doing that? You know, and and it hit me, you know, you know, I, I haven't really been focused on myself. It kind of it kind of happened. And then I thought everything was great. And then I let something else come in and fill that spot. And then one day it was just. I was like, why am I wasting all of my time? all of this stress, all of this energy, kind of like you, where you're like, why am I so mad? Why am I so angry yeah. at everybody? And, and I was directing that towards something. And, and, and you can probably relate to this. It felt good. It felt oh, yeah. good to be angry. And, and what is it that you say? Because he deserves it. 
Yeah, he's, he's on the list. And he deserves it. They yeah. deserve it. <laughs> Man. And and it just hit me. I'm like, why? This why am I letting this control me? And it was kind of a second awakening, and I started to experience a lot of the things that you guys are experiencing. And and I and I really love the fact that I could be on the show after your last podcast because the real perspective for new people is once you see it and you feel it, how do you keep going down the rabbit hole? You know, how do you keep following that path? Because it is so easy to recognize, man, things are so great. Like you were talking, the birds sound so different today. They're, yeah. It's amazing. Whew, my work's done. I can sit back and relax. Life is good. Yeah. And the discipline stops and the routine stops. So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I've definitely had a, a slight roller coaster up and down. Well, that's, that's gotta be very, that's very positive. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I can almost hear you asking the questions to yourself. And those are definitely good questions. And that just, those re, those reoccurring looping questions, I mean, those are the, those are the cues to where you just can sit back and watch the disturbance hit yourself. And then the perfect reaction is like, how is this energy have any control over me? And the more consistent you get with that specific process there, uh, the easier it gets, I think. So, I mean, the process is right on from what I can hear. And it's good to have someone like Luke there as well. He was sure. already many years into, into his journey. He says, he said earlier, you know, I can probably talk to people for two hours. Well, he's probably talked to me for 10,000 hours. Right. And, and he, he always kept me. He never told me I should do anything or I shouldn't do anything. He would always just relate to me with an experience that he has and, and something that he's gone through. And I think that's the beauty of this podcast because as soon as it becomes an entity or a thing, it's lost its purpose. This is just, yeah. this mm -hmm. is a safe place. And, and I always felt safe talking to Luke. Uh, we built a, a great relationship and, and you can tell, I mean, you know him better than I do. You can tell he has so much control over his emotional state. I, I have, I probably can count on one hand I've ever seen him getting riled up about you know anyone riling him up and and we work in a very very uh, high stress job and sure and it's it's easy to allow customers to get under your skin and and i mean and that's that's a credit to his success at at, at our business i mean people want to know like man what is this guy doing i mean this is the basis of what he's doing this is why what you guys are doing here is why he's successful at his job and it takes a lot of maintenance. Yes. A lot of maintenance. <laughs> hey, trust me, I, I would already have quit if I if I didn't know how to if I didn't know how to like call my mind, I would have quit. Yes, absolutely. I've I've needed that in this job. No well, doubt. Kane, you deal with a lot of customers. You you know how it is. I mean, it's it's stressful. Yeah. Um I don't think it's really anything to the level of what Luke does. Um my stress level out there is pretty low. It's 
it's I'm pretty much in nature all afternoon, just walking around all by myself. And so if the silence and me are getting along that day, like I can go in pretty deep. So and that's and I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to really. It's just walking. And where I'm at in New Hampshire, it's just a beautiful place to walk around. Man, so I think I sounds like sounds like we need to move to New Hampshire. Yeah, I might have a little bit more luck on that end. But at the same time, it's always it's always hard to tell because there are other times where the environment seems to want to create a reactionary state. And I'm beginning to get thankful for those because those seem to be a little bit different. Like every time that something engages you, whether it's in a positive way or a negative way, like each and every one of those times is, I think that's where the discipline really comes in. So to really take notice, like before you say anything, before you open your mouth, like, did you feel it? So somebody's being a jerk, you know, they're being a jerk. You can, your mind probably starts to get going before your mouth does. But if you can shut your mind just for a second and try to go in, you can feel that energy they're bringing. And as, and as soon as you can notice it, you're going to handle that situation so much better. So there's a lot of opportunities through the confrontations and stuff. I would say just listening to your guys' podcast has given me a new spark of awakening. I would say I, I've I've been really alert the last few weeks, and like you said, when your mind starts running before your mouth starts running, and I've been able to step back and almost see myself talking before yeah. I talk, and and I, I just kind of. I go into almost an instant small meditation right there and, and I slow my breathing down. Uh, I'm a big proponent of my hand a little bit different than, than Luke and than Luke does, but it's, it takes me right back to my center and it gives me just a second to clear everything out and approach it with no emotional bias. It, it just, just go at it and, 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 and it's amazing the the responses you get back from that when, yes. when you approach it that way. Um, it, it's really, really exciting to see. Uh, I would love to really be able to see myself, maybe in a video, how I could naturally handle a situation and I can see myself doing it because I can hear it with you guys when you're talking about it. I can hear through what you're saying, I'm like, yep, that's when he got it right there. That's when he yeah. got it. And then he went after, you know, he, he, he went after it with a clear mind. It's always Neo fighting the agents with one hand when he first wakes up and he's, you're just beating it all back. You buy yourself extra time and everything's moving in slow-mo. It's a great feeling to understand that all that energy is coming from within you. And you always have the control not to have that reaction. And yeah, as soon as you get that, man, it makes so many confrontations go so much better. And it's, it's not as if like you're not going to have them or, or even at times they can escalate in the other person because some people have no idea what to do when you don't react and it could actually create even more reaction in them. But regardless if you stay in control of your own emotional state and you can take that seat as the observer 
yeah, every time that you have an um, opportunity, it's just that's where I see the discipline now for me. It's just I'm waiting for those, and that's where I see my growth. All right, I got a I got a tough question. I'm going to put you on the spot. The difference between passive aggression and no reaction is yeah you know that's so good and i'll i'll double down on that one i I have the answer i mean it's simple i can see it clearly so non not well i asked myself a question (laughs) i didn't know if you're gonna get it or not but it's all good um because i was pondering on this a couple days ago i was listening and i thought it may come up but i just made it come up non-reaction your energy going to that person is pure non-reaction internal as well i should have got it passive aggression is you Mm -hmm. you have resentment inside but it's silent so your energy your brain's still going like yes yeah yes brain's still going but you've figured out a way to passively not say anything as though it's um doing some kind of good work and it's not but no matter but no matter how hard you try if you're passive aggressive you're still giving off some type of cue you're still you're still loading that negativity and and it reciprocates out not not outwardly as if you were outwardly aggressive towards someone but but you can still you can still recognize when people are passive so you're definitely on something there because it's onto something because it's the the energy is different for sure yeah you could feel it inside if someone's being passive aggressive to you and they're not it's almost like they're uh trying to be non-reactionary but but the energy it's like the game's up i i can see the energy i can feel the energy so it's it's just a little shift. It's 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 black and white, but it's a little shift. It's funny because I was thinking today, like there's a positive personality trait. We call it authenticity. Like we'll say that person is authentic. And when we say that, we mean something positive. But I was trying to like examine today and I can't figure out why that's positive because authentic isn't that just like consistent in your reactions to where like you don't surprise anybody? Like, what do we mean by authenticity and why do we think it's so good? She could be authentic in, in, in any state that you're in. You're authentic to yourself now, but you were also authentic to your your old self. That's what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Like we would say Joe Rogan's like the, the big example of authenticity. Like that's Joe Rogan. That's who he is. That's, you know, he responds to every question as Joe Rogan, but so he's really consistent, but what are we saying? We're saying he's very consistent in his reactions. We're saying like, he doesn't surprise us with reactions they just come in and they're exactly what we think they're going to be because that's Joe Rogan. And then we call him authentic. Never thought about it that way. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. But it's, it's like, are we, are we like 
giving a positive spin on something that shouldn't necessarily be? Well, I think it's probably the perspective you come to authenticity with. Um, yeah. Like, like I just I Google searched it just to humor myself. Uh, yeah. Uh, it says, put simply, authenticity means you're true to your own personality, values, and spirit, regardless of the pressure that you're under to act otherwise. So as soon as you said that, you know what I heard? You're true to your life situation. Mm -hmm. You're true to what? You're true <laughs> to your ego. That is true. Oh, yeah. Right? So then it becomes... And that's a positive thing. Like we're, we're saying yep. to somebody like you're authentic. So I guess what you're saying is you can still be true to yourself and it not be the right approach. So you, you can well, be authentic and have, like you said, have, have your own personality, but it, that doesn't like, like you said, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan because that's what we've come to expect of him. And he's authentic, but that doesn't mean he's producing positive energy or, 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 you know, beating down his ego, you know, he could still be feeding that ego and still be authentic. Yeah. And so if you sat down with me and let, so I'm Joe Rogan right now, if you sit down and you say, Kane, I like what you're saying, or Joe Rogan, I like what you're saying. And you're, you're so authentic. What you're going to do to me is you're going to force me into that conditioning of pride. That's the part of myself that I like. That's the part of myself that somebody else is recognizing as me on cue in the in the right realm that I need to be. So it's one more layer of validation to who the ego is, and it's just driving the ego in harder, right? Like if you sit down and you and you really have a conversation and you t tell somebody how authentic they are, what are you doing to that person? Are you pushing them into presence or are you, or are you pulling them out of presence? I think that would solely rely on what state they're in. You know, like yeah. most people, most people would be away from presence. So you would just be feeding, feeding that even more by telling them they're authentic. Yeah. But, but for somebody like Luke, I could say, man, Luke's really authentic. Yeah. That, that wouldn't fuel his ego, you know? Right. You know? So, yeah, I mean, Wow, what a what a deep dive on authenticity that, and this is the beauty of the show. It, it just goes down these little rabbit holes and, that you would never think of in in everyday conversation. Yeah, it's um, where are you at, Brian? In terms of like understanding your own trickery, are you calling yourself out when you see trickery happening inside? Yes. So I would say that was the last evolution of what I've gone through. Um, cause really in the beginning, you can trick yourself into thinking that anything is right, you know, or that, yeah. that you're really, that you're really defeating your ego, uh, when, when, when really you're just fooling yourself, but justification, as, yeah, justification. Right. And, I think as as you mature in the process and and you stay diligent to to uh, the routines and, and what you're doing and, and that you start to notice that. Now I will point out, I think you notice it a lot better 
than someone who doesn't have a forced awakening. Is that accurate to say, Luke? Like, like he seems to be very much in tune with seeing his own trickery of his ego. Yes, no, no doubt. He can see the contrast, like light and dark. Uh, I, again, I, I've never seen anything like it. Someone that was so close to me, but what it's given him now in retrospect is uh the ability to uh see see things clearly for sure and inside i mean he's he's he went in a matter of five to ten seconds from one side to the other and it was i mean you could say it was voluntary or involuntary i I don't even know at this point I, i think it was half and half in the beginning, I thought it was more involuntary, but now, you know, there was, there was a, a, a lot of good questions that were being asked. Um, but he's no one better than seeing ego trickery than Kane Sarter at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but you, you think about it, he didn't have an opportunity to build bad habits along the way. Like, you really no. didn't have you really didn't no. have an opportunity like I'd say someone like myself and even possibly Luke I can't speak for him but to where I didn't have that moment where it just snapped and I was able to run with it I had to f- almost force myself to go through the processes and the road was super rocky super rocky where and, and not that your journey is easy but I think it gave you a um, a clarity to be able to see yourself better than, than say someone through a forced awakening, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So you said earlier, uh, you were relating to, I deserve it. And the fact that it feels good. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that was just my ego rising up again. You know, everything was, you know, starting to go so great, really successful in business and personal life, a relationship. And it's easy to let that, that ego rise back up and, and take control again. And, and, and I think that's when you start to see the trickery inside yourself. You know, you go through it a couple of times. And for me, it was, you know, I, I, I stopped being thankful, I guess, thankful for the little things in life. And, you know, most religious people would consider that to be blessings. Oh, you've been blessed. You've been blessed with this and this, you know, but no matter what you want to call it, you know, I was taking... I was taking it for granted and I, I allowed the ego to come back and, and, and almost like, yeah, I did this, you know, I, I can change this about myself because (laughs) that's, that's what I do. And then you have, and then eventually you see it and you're like, there it is again. It's just like, it's just like the hatred towards church. I'm letting my, I'm letting my ego carry me down a negative pathway and, and, and when you do that, 
I'm a big proponent of energy. You start putting out all that negative energy and you've got negative situations and everything's approached with negativity, then that energy is, it's not karma. It's just coming back at you. Anything done with a negative intent is coming back at you full force with negativity. And, and I needed to, and I can almost catch that now. I mean, most of the time I can catch that now and say, you know what, take a minute, step back, recognize, and then let's put some, let's put some positive energy on this and, and make some things happen here, you know, just, just for myself initially. But then that also turns out to very, a lot of amazing things happening around you that you can only tie back to the fact that you, you were approaching things super positive. I mean, that's, that's where it was. I mean, yeah, it does seem like there's like, just there's such a spectrum of like suddenness, I think my plan, Brian, it, it's so good to talk to you because like I'm working through like, how do you talk to people? How do you, how do you help them along? And it's, it is difficult for me because there's such a, there's such a snap that happens so quickly and you're, you're trying to understand like, how is somebody dissolving themselves, but not doing it quickly? Yeah. And I think you said something there, you know, how do you, how do you talk to people? Uh, I'll reference something you guys said about watching a movie. I think you, this was maybe the last podcast. You're like, how do you watch a movie and, and enjoy it again? Cause you, you don't want to talk to people and come off as a, a zombie robot. You know, it's not about being emotionless. It's about not reacting to the emotion that's inside and the yeah. ego that's inside. You can still be happy when things are happy. You can still be sad when things are, when it's time to be sad, you know, realistically, but not letting, not letting those situations drive your ego and, and cause you to, to let that consume you. I think when it starts consuming you, that's when you know there's a problem. Yes. It, what do, do, do you still feel like you get consumed? Uh, not as much these yeah. days. I think I think there are moments to where things can get super high stressed. Uh, for me, it's when I'm you know I've got a couple businesses, got a day job you know, got kids, you know, everything we all have, you know, and, and when all of that kind of comes together on one day and it seems like nothing's going right, you know, my day job, things are falling apart, you know, the business, people didn't show up to work, you know, uh, you know, the kids are having their rough day at school. So they're bringing extra stress home, you know, that's when I can feel it. I mean, it's, it's what it's trying to wash over me like a, like, a, like a huge wave. And I can, I can give you an example. Me and my wife were, we were trying to hang some decor downstairs because we really haven't focused on our downstairs of our house. And, you know, she was frustrated because she couldn't figure some things out. She didn't know where to put certain pieces. You know, it's silly to us. Like how you get frustrated over that? We don't care. Just hang, look at Luke's like, just hang the hats on the wall. You yeah. <laughs> but and then for me, I'm holding a 35 pound P 
picture frame over my head, like, okay, is this good? Is this good? Is this mm -hmm. good? And, and even something that small, I felt the agitation coming on with her. And I started, I almost said something super negative and I stopped myself and, and I just took a, a mini, a mini meditation for myself and, and, and just step back, breathe. And it allowed me to just to approach it at a whole different, a whole different way. And now I can see that would have went way differently if I would have, if I would have followed that negative energy because she would have responded to it with the equal, <laughs> equal amount of negativity, you know, sure. and our whole night probably could have been ruined over, a, over a picture, you know, that right. I'm trying to hang on the wall. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's easier. Um, I, I will tell you the, the thing that's easier for me is the actual meditation part in the beginning. I would come away from meditating feeling like I just went 10 rounds mentally with the smartest guy in the world. You know, like I was beat up on the inside and I was like, man, I, and it even came over me almost with a, a sickness. I don't know if you've experienced this. It's like a, headaches and I felt fatigued afterwards. And I'm like, I must not be doing this right. You know, and I would tell Luke about it and he's like, no, no, you're doing it right. <laughs> he's like, you sit in an uncomfortable chair. You know, you, you're doing it right. Follow, follow that, follow that, lean into it and keep doing it. And, yeah. and then eventually it was like, man, it just, it, I relate it to like a deep, deep tissue massage. It hurts so bad in the beginning, but then once it was done, it's like, ah, man, you know, uh, it feels so good. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's challenging if you don't have that sudden awakening. And, and I think that could scare, that could scare a lot of people in the beginning, you know, cause yeah. it's, just, it's just so different than what you're used to. You, you normally would follow the easy path and, and that's completely opposite. Right. That's why they call it the backwards in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a catchy name. I think people are clicking on it just because it says something funky like the backwards in fact. That's how we're getting clicks. Like, what the hell is this? The backwards yeah. in fact? What can be infectious that's backwards? <laughs> 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 we haven't yeah. done any advertising and apparently apparently we have listeners so i guess it was a decent okay. name congratulations on going uh uh worldwide now i think canada and ireland is that right i mean that's i saw it on there that's <laughs> i don't know i mean i told i told kane in the beginning i said this type of podcast you really only need 10 or 20 listeners and those 10 or 20 listeners kind of take the ball and now you have 30 to 40 listeners and it should nothing that you may have this massive listening base, but you're going to have a lot of people that may end up, you know, just by word of mouth that, you know, they pass it on to like you did with your, like you did with Hayden. So yeah. here, listen, listen to this for, you know, I can see, you know, someone listening and say, I listened to something that had some real content and they pass it on. Um, not on a massive scale, like a majority of the population, but those, you know what I'm talking about? Those people that really turn something on 
and they hear it and like that is not something you hear every day i'm going to pass this on because seems to something's resonating so i, I want to tell someone else about it so i think that's where it's going to come from and it looks like that's what it's doing right now i mean we don't we five weeks ago we we're like mashing buttons on a computer trying to figure out how to record and it was like <laughs> massive uh, just it was a big learning curve but then all of a sudden we just hit it and it's and and now everything's fine um so yeah it's exciting so uh, uh saying that i actually had a question written down for you guys and it, it's something that I wouldn't say as a concern because you can always control the content that's on, you know, what you're putting out, but do you guys ever worry about, you know, like how people, what people will turn this into because, you know, this has on, on, and, and I'm going to step up to 30,000 feet and just look at the surface from somebody who doesn't know Kane and who doesn't know Luke and who doesn't know, you know, what's going on just listening to the show and, and I get interested. This easily has the workings to look like some other kind of religion or look like some other kind of spiritual guru, you, you know, spiritual organization. I, I see Kane smiling. I mean, it's I'm there. just ready to be worshiped, baby. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> He's already building shrines and everything. You know, I mean, but the, I, I can see people, and it goes back to our very first topic. Um, you know, how do you explain this to people, especially using terminology that people have come to know through, through religion or, or what our spirituality, whatever they're doing, you know, it's, it's difficult to relay this to someone who's not already kind of got a toe in the water. So how do you, how do you do that? Do you worry about like what this, may be turned into and I, and I guess you control it but you know i just wanted to throw it out there get your opinions on it uh what it would be turned into here i definitely have a lot more to, to be worried about than kane where he lives just yeah uh geographically um but yeah i expect it to be turned into a lot of things i expect it i i, I expect the full gamut i i expect to talk to people that are yelling at us i expect to to hear people that are you know going to want to turn it into um whatever they want to turn it into um but it is a reach to where uh, obviously locals around here eventually will find out you know that there's a podcast and people will might get curious and listen um, but I'm ready. For, I mean, I've been training for that for 20 years. I mean, I've been for whatever it's turned into or whatever's coming my way. I mean, I, other than serious physical threats, with that that could happen too. Just how angry people get. Um, but Kane, not. I mean, we've talked about this where he lives. I mean, they. I think it'll be well received. If anyone listens, they'll listen. If not, you know, they'll tune out. Here you're going to have haters and they're going to want to attack and they're going to want to devour and they're going to want to call you blasphemous and all that stuff I'm ready for. 
I'm not worried about that. But that's that's the only thing I see coming. But I've always seen that coming. I mean, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised um, when I initially went through this. I mean, there's there's a nice group already set up. Uh, Eckhart Tolle, and he's the most important one to me. But then there's all these others. So this is great base. So you don't feel alone. You don't feel like there anything is revolving around you. You just feel like a you're in a like a club, and it's recognized by other people. And the message ends up being like really, really simple. It's like you can dissolve your ego to such a degree that you can experience God. I'm not only the one saying that. Like there's many people saying that. And then that's kind of what the whole show is about, too, because you start to realize like, whoa, was Jesus saying that? Like if you look at that from like a new angle and don't take the dogma. Yeah, I'm like, I think it's when I listen to Jesus, he sounds like Eckhart Tolle or he sounds like Luke. I mean, he's saying the things that are pushing people towards presence and he's preaching people need to be more aware and less reactive. I mean, so the message just seems like it's so much broader and there's a lot of people onto it. So somebody that was coming in and like, are you afraid you're going to start a religion or something? Like, I just think that part's already there and we're just kind of in that system now ourselves, but it doesn't look that way. And it doesn't feel that way because everybody agrees like the path is within. So nobody needs anybody. Nobody like I don't need this. I don't need that. Like all of all of the answers are going to come at a much faster rate at this point if I'm quiet and outside and by myself. And everybody in the Eckhart Tolle spiritual realm also believes that. So it's. Uh I think you said something really cool and it, it, it kind of made me think about something that happened to me about 10 years ago. You mentioned, uh, Hey, was Jesus this type of person? So I was, I, I had a friend and I was in heavy, I was in heavy conversation with him. Like Luke was in heavy conversation with me. And yeah. I was five or 10 years in. And this guy was, I mean, he was raised, heavy religious i mean every service wednesdays sunday morning sunday nights bible school you know it was indoctrinated in him but i could immediately tell from talking to him like you said earlier he was asking the right questions he was looking for something something he didn't have he was looking for it and he and he wasn't finding it where he was at and, and you're right there's a lot of people out there whether they'll admit it or not they're looking for something and they're struggling. And I had a conversation with them one day and I said, I said, so I said, so take away the, the worldview of God and start thinking of God as more of a, a energy force, you know, a energy force to life. Omnificent. Omnificent. Sorry. That's it. Luke. Omnificent. I think my daughter watched that uh, cartoon one. No, I'm just kidding. That's something different. Um, no, but but I, I told him, I said, so think about every religion in the world. You know, you have Jesus, you have Gandhi, you have Muhammad, you have, 
you have these people who stepped above everyone else at the time and, and were doing miraculous things. You know, whether any of those uh, events were exaggerated over 2,000 years, who knows? But obviously, they if that person existed, they were doing something that was different than the mainstream. And it could not be explained. And I, I asked him, I said, I said, so think about what we've been talking about. And I said, what if Jesus, I said the same thing you just said. I said, what yeah. if Jesus was just a guy who had an enlightenment, who, who discovered the true, you know, the true path in life, you know, and, 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 and the dissolving the ego, I think early on, I didn't use the verbiage of ego, but I love it now. Um, and he just stopped. And there was this weird silence for about one minute. Cause I asked him, I said, I said, did I lose you? I thought he might've hung up on me cause he was nervous. Yeah. yeah. And I heard him say, he goes, huh? And right then I felt it. And he goes, oh, wow. he goes, I'm going to have to call you back. And I could hear his brain working. Wow. And then the next day he calls me, he says, man, I was thinking all night about what you said. And it makes so much sense, you know, and he's, and he's just unloading on me now, you know, he trusts, you know, the trust has been built, you know, he, we were friends, but not at a level to where we discuss religion and politics, you know, right, right. <laughs> and, and he's unloading this stuff on me. And I'm like, man, go after it, dude, go after it. And unfortunately we kind of, my personal life changed and the, uh, the, the way that we were friends, you know, we weren't able to see each other much anymore, you know, and our, and our relationship kind of dissolved a little bit. And he went down the same road of hating, hating church because he felt like, I mean, he even told me, he said, I felt like it's a sham. Like I've been deceived my whole life. And, and, and I've tried to force my children to do this. And, and he got into this really bad space and and that's where he lived for probably five or six years and yeah. and we had the opportunity to to talk again the other day and and we we've, we've started talking again and and what he's done is he's replaced he's replaced religion with non-religion yeah. Not that he's a self-proclaimed atheist. I think he still knows there are things out there that that are that are unknown. You know that we can't control. There's there's some higher energy and force going on, but he he's at the other end of the spectrum now, and I think he feels like he, he's his ego is tricking him into telling him he's in a better place than he was before, when yeah. really when really he's not, and. And knowing this guy personally, you you see him on face value, super successful, super successful. Yeah. But I get to see the inner workings sometimes of him personally and hear the struggles he has with it, you know, with his family and, and different things. And you can tell, man, this guy has everything and he has nothing. Yeah. Is he still and, angry? He's not angry anymore. I think he's just lost. He's he's lost in limbo land. He doesn't he doesn't 
know which direction to go in at this point. And I think he's just living life one day at a time. You know, that's, that's his philosophy. Now he's got really no center. He's got no, um, you know, he's definitely, he definitely doesn't know his true self, you know, and he's, it's like, I take on a le- certain level of Dude. guilt at some point. I'm like, man, what if I had just stayed friends with this guy? You know, would he be where he's at right. today? But I also don't want to make this like a personal mission where I have to go out and minister to people and, and try to save everyone. That's not, it's not the purpose of this. It's just to do what you guys are doing. I, I make myself available for anyone that that I know wants to hear something. I talk about my experiences and, and it, it, it is rewarding to see people go through that, but it's a rewarding in a different way. It's rewarding in a way that I know that person's in a better place mentally. And, and I know their life is going to reflect that eventually. So yeah, it was just, it was weird that you said that about Jesus. Cause that was the, that was the moment. And he just stopped all conversation and I could hear his brain firing. Yeah. And, and, and that was, that was a good moment to, to see someone have a, have a, a miniature awakening, you know, and then start the thought process. So yeah, that's, that's definitely there. So I have a perfect analogy. I just wrote it down while you were talking. And so when we look back in times, we're not as sophisticated as we were. So you're looking at older cultures. And the only thing that just to paint the picture, we've all seen the book of Eli, right? Yep. So you remember when he walks in to the bar and um, where he filled up his water and he walked into the bar across the street. Now in my mind, I was just seeing an image of Cain Sarter in that type of setting he had just woke up two or three days. He walks in that bar. He's going to be like, he's going to be like Jesus Christ, like right in that bar. It's going to appear just like, but back in, in that day, it was, they were searching for messiahs. They would have strung me up in five minutes. Yes. Yeah. You'd, I mean, you would have been killed immediately. Yep. It would have been, the energy would have been so overwhelming in an environment like that, mm-hmm. that they would have, it would have been over really quickly, but nobody knows what it was like back then, but everything as far as what, you know, the documents say it was like a Messiah age. Like everybody was looking for the Messiah. It was that, that was who's the Messiah. And well, I think, I think Messiah was a good label to put on it. They were looking for something. They didn't know what they were looking for. It's the same as now they they were searching for answers in life and it's it was easy to assign assign that to a messiah okay we can we can worship this person we can get this from this person that we're looking for or this this entity we can get this from that so yeah you're right they 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 were searching for it and and it was a time of i mean i'm sure religions were just popping up out of the woodwork you know every time somebody had a quote-unquote epiphany on on how to explain life you know mccain Cain would walk up to the bar and tell the guy how to drink water presently and he would say to Cain and to all the people he just turned water into wine 
Although he didn't literally turn it into wine, he just turned the experience of drinking water into an experience that was so present. And like, do you remember the movie? Everyone's like deathly asleep. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you're like, they're all, and that's what, how I picture it in civilization, because if anyone was remotely awake, even now, if I, if I, or you or anyone, if we just flew into the wrong country and walked into the wrong palace, give us five or 10 minutes and you're pretty much dead. Just here, we have a little different freedom here, but it still goes on today. But take yourself back to like serious ages back then. I mean, take your pick. I mean, Jesus was a, a very enlightened person in that time, and he stood out like a sore thumb. And but but there's many people that Eckhart totally stands out like a sore thumb. Um, many people stand out like a sore thumb that that have written that you can listen to so it's it's like the same spirit so i think it's I, I think it's ironic luke you were talking about the book of eli if you if you remember the premise of the movie he was looking for an edition of the bible because he knew that could control people yeah that, he said that's yeah, how was, we control the masses yeah and if you just just like it is today like you could have a book of truth you can have a book of and if to the reader, it is a source of power to control people, it has the opposite effect is what I'm saying. It almost t- turns into a curse. Like when I woke up for the first time and I opened it up and I read a couple of verses, it was a testament and I closed it, didn't need it for six months. And it's kind of how I've always done things from the, from the day I woke up. But to a it has the reverse effect to someone who's not awake. It's like they'll, they're constantly wrapped into how do I find this? 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 And it's, it's almost on the level of what do I need to do to get to the destination spot? So it has power, backwards power. It has backwards power. It has a backwards <laughs> effect. It has yeah. a, it's a backwards infect. Infect. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's a, an ingenious design to make the rabbit hole so complex that you're constantly looking for, for the answer, you know, that, that, that may or may not exist based off of something, a story that someone has told, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's genius really from a business perspective. Make yeah. I'm glad you guys and you have them. What's that? Make it a destination, a destination, make it a destination and you have them. You know, it's funny because, yeah, when I'm listening to all that. Like all that scaffolding, all that genius that you just said, Brian. It's all based on something. And from my point of view, it seems like it's based on the ego. Like that is the experience of the ego. That is the trickery. Your ego is doing all that stuff to you. The church is interesting because like there's another level of institutional ego. That's not just you. It's a system that you're a part of. But that system is the exact same system that's also operating in you on an individual level. And 
I know for me, like once I started to hear like the whispers, like I deserve it. Like, I feel like it started fairly quietly and I feel like I responded to it in a way that was very intellectual and I enjoyed talking to it. Like, you're right. He does deserve it. That adds up. That adds up. That adds up. I'm totally on board with he deserves it. So the response to the I deserve it was totally inviting. And then once you start going back and forth, you're creating a system where you're you're so happy and proud to engage that voice. And that pride is what's feeding that back into self. So like you said, it felt good. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole system there and it, it mirrors that institutional system. So I feel like if people can understand that system, like the guy you're talking about that pulled himself out of that system. So that's the first jump out. And then if he can apply those same, that same thought process and apply it more internally, it seems like he could have like another breakthrough. We can pop out of that self-institution and not just the church institution. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, and I know we make a lot of movie references here, but he's literally on the ledge and telling Neo, Hey, just jump. It's all in your mind, you know? And he's, I've been there, you know, and, and it's a, it's, it's tough to, to, to pull yourself out of that because like, like you just said, it's, it feels good to feed that ego. You know, I, I remember a quote, I can't remember who said this, but, it was like the best way to keep people enslaved is to make them think they're free. Yes. And feed oh, wow. that ego. Yeah, yeah that's feed, good. Feed that ego. They feel really good. They're warm and toasty inside, but really they're just being controlled uh, by yes. whatever it is. They're, con- they're being controlled by themselves. They're being controlled by the stress that's on them or a religious entity or a government. You fill in the blank somebody's controlling you until you unlock the mind check the ego and and realize well not realize and learn how to how to maneuver the trickery as we were talking about earlier how do you maneuver that because it's always going to be there I, i don't think it's a battle you ever because the world we live in i don't think it's a battle you can ever say man i've made it i'm done i just I just saw something with you because you said the control yep. and you looked up and you had a source of control, a source of control, a source of control. But for me, control 100% in one, like that's so there's response to mm-hmm. stuff that are trying to control, but that's not the thing that has any control. The only it's thing feeding that has, the control, correct? Um, feeding the control. Yes. If, if it, if my ego starts to go back and forth with it, certainly feeding the control, but it, but my experience now is, um, just like we were talking about before the effortless fighting of the agents with one hand. Now I'm one step back behind that. And like, there's now there's an authority 
And it's not something that I'm cultivating or working on. It's just I can see that reaction coming. And whatever these sources are, I'm going to take one more step back on the inside just to make sure I don't engage it. Like we were saying with um, um, your first good question you had. Man, I just lost it. Passive, passive aggressive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like to yourself, not to anybody else, but can you take that one more step back? And then, like you were saying, that energy just kind of goes through you. And like, if you just watch it, I mean, you don't have to name it. You don't have to say it's bad energy. You don't have to say it's good energy. You don't have to do anything to it. It just is a feeling. Yeah. And I, I can't tell a lot of times the good feelings from the bad feelings anymore because it's just a wave. It's just goes in. And if I'm careful and I'm not going to classify it, then it, it starts to begin to be like very difficult to tell. And then it's like, well, what are the good sources and what are the bad sources of control? <laughs> right. And the ones that scare me the most are the good ones because those are the ones that fool me. Yeah. The bad ones are so easy to see. And then they create like what you were talking about with your wife, you know, they'll create a negative emotion or or, a negative energy. And you know, like I'm on the verge right now. This is negative energy. If I don't make a stand here, it's just going to start ping ponging back and forth. Those, those I feel like are easy to see, but the ones that really creep in are the ones that are telling you how good you are and how right you are. And how yeah. much, you know, how smart you are. Those coming through are the ones that they can build up massive structure around your process. And I think those are incredibly uh, damaging to presence. Yeah. Because you can you can start feeling good and talking yourself into anything. Wow. That that's, that's deep, man. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a level of awareness. Like you said, it's easy to be aware of the stuff that doesn't feel good, you know, but if it's wrapped in a nice little shiny package and, you know, you just want to tear it, you want to tear into it. Think how deep that goes. Cause we're both dads. Like, Mm -hmm. think about that. Like I love being a dad. You take pride in the fact that you're a dad. You are invested in that role of being a dad. There's responsibilities in form. And that's my number one concern is how do I do that the most loving way possible? Yeah. So totally invested in that process. But that position of dad is a role that I take pride in that drives myself deeper into my ego. So even the best things end up driving you back into your ego because I want to be proud of myself for being a dad. That's why Lucifer's sin ends up being pride. Have you heard that before? Yeah. His favorite sin is pride. But the problem is when we hear pride, especially when we're, somebody that comes from religion and I come from religion, religion too. I know people are using that word as if it's a negative, 
Like, don't take so much pride in yourself or you're just full of yourself. You know, we have this idea of it being such a negative, but that's not where pride does its damage. Pride does its damage when it props you up as the good dad, because everybody feels perfectly fine and comfortable sitting in that spot. What am I? I'm a good dad. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves <clears throat> me. And you can't do anything about it because the form puts you in that role. But even so that, that is putting you more in ego. So I think that's uh, probably the best way I've heard it explained. Uh, so re- you may want to write a note on that. That's that's pretty powerful what you said there, because I think when I was talking earlier about, hey, when things are going great, you know, your, your businesses are doing good and your, your professional life is exactly what you just said about being a dad. You want to feel prideful about the things you've accomplished. You've worked hard in your life. You know, it feels good, you know, and that in itself carries you further down, you know, so it's a good thing in a sense, but it's also feeding the ego, feeding the ego more and more. So it, I mean, that's actually given me a different perspective on how to to how to talk to that time like if i ever have an opportunity and i'm sure i will to talk about my experience and and when i hit those moments in life that's the that's the perfect way to talk to it because i think just like i did you immediately go to all the negative stuff the negative stuff that that's easy that's easy to spot. It's easy to, to stomp out. But the other stuff, I mean, that's that's coming right in the door. You just got it open, waving it in, you know. So yeah. I, I've actually written myself a note. That's that's pretty good, Pride. Well, th- one of my questions that Luke and I have kind of talked about when you go back, you go back and you try to see like what was leading up to the moment, like what were you asking yourself? And there was a question that I was stuck on, I mean, for over a year, like I was asking myself this question, how do I know I'm a good person? And I was asking that question specifically to try to answer it, and I couldn't figure out how to answer it. I eventually came up with an answer, but that's a really interesting exercise. If you just ask yourself, how do you know I'm a good person? And then you try to build up you know, if it was math and you say, we're trying to get to five, like, okay, you can do four plus one, you can do three plus two, you could do, you know, 10 minus five. And then you realize, okay, I could really go off in infinity with those answers. But so show me the math. How do I know I'm a good person? How does this add up? What am I doing? How, and not anybody else answer it for me, me answer it for myself. How do I know? I mean, what I came up with is, and this is after a long time. I know I just put you on the spot, so I didn't necessarily. Yeah, yeah, it's a a complex, complex question. You know, I mean, you start to think about it and your mind immediately goes to what society deems as a good person. Who do I know know that's a good person? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, am I a good dad? Am I a good husband? Do do I work hard? You know, do do I help? Do I help people? That's immediately where you go. And it, it, and it you don't typically look inward when you think about you look at outwardly deeds opposed to right. 
the things that are going on inwardly. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to write that down. And so yeah, I hope I, I, hope I can find it quickly, but uh, that's, that's something to ponder on. Cause it's going to take a lot of soul searching to, to, uh, cause nobody can answer that, but, but me, for me, you know, right. Where did you end up? And so, yeah, I thought about the deeds. I'm like, I, I was, so my understanding of myself as a good person is something I'm going to let myself feel just as long as I do enough deeds to get there. Like I ended up dropping that one. I'm like, I don't think that's it. That's not going to convince me that I'm a good person. It had to be something. Um, I was looking for something more tangible than that. And what I landed on was, and I don't think this is right now either, but what I landed on is, um, if given the choice, I would choose not to see suffering. That was my brilliant answer that it took me over a year to come up with. If given the choice. Now, this most is before, of the time I, before your awakening? Before my awakening, yes. If given the choice, I would choose not to see suffering. So if you have like, there's tons of like philosophical, you know, train tracks you know this way kills 10 people and this way kills two people like you know there's all kinds of ways it's a huge ego trap where we're going here brian <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> there, you, there, there's there's all kinds of stuff where you can go but my ultimate answer for myself was i'd rather not see suffering that way i know i'm a good person but then i remembered like the stand of the 300 I remembered like the Comanche Indians. I remembered world wars and hero heroism. I mean, there's so many cultures and events and stuff that you look back on, like the Comanches and the empire of the summer moon really taught me this. It's a beautiful society that I fell in love with and they had no concern whatsoever about suffering. None. It wasn't even they they took pleasure in the fact that they could cause suffering when they needed to. I mean, they were fierce warriors and they were suffering all the time and they weren't trying to avoid suffering and they weren't, they weren't committed to not inflicting suffering. So it's how can you have that example of people and then want to claim for yourself, like the fact that you don't want suffering to be the clue to yourself that you're a good person. I think in the end, there was no way. There was no way to other than the full awakening. It's just a complete ego trap. Yeah. You can wrestle around with it forever and you can't figure out a way to tell yourself because you can't understand it until you're under, until you're going to get completely connect to the source and drop the ego entirely and then you can realize that it was just a trap of a question anyways yeah i think i told this to luke the other day i was listening uh, like you guys i i try to find a lot of stuff online that i can listen to i rarely ever listen to music i'm always trying yep. to just find other things to listen to to broaden my spectrum and I was listening to something by Jordan Peterson. Do you know Jordan Peterson? Yes. 
And they didn't ask him, how do you know you're a good person? But they asked him, how do you know if you're making the right decisions or if you're acting Ooh. the right way in life? Which yes. is also a, which is also a trap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and his answer, and I'm I'm not I'm paraphrasing this. I, I don't have the exact quote, but he said, "You should always act in a way as if it were universal, then it would be a benefit to society." Yeah. That that's good, and yeah, I think you're answering it better because you also made me think if you because you just kind of changed the question a little bit. But if you say, how do I know I'm a good person? And, but then you change it. How do I, how do I know I've made the right decision? So you've yeah. narrowed it more. Mine is like, how do I, my good person is the person I've been and the person I want to become. So I'm stuck in time there, which is why you can't answer the question. But if you, if you yes. ask, ask it the way you did, how do I know I made the right decision? You bring everything into the now. Right now, yep. how do yep. I know I made the right decision? And that's way that that's that's a path yep. that you can walk because you know you make the right decision if you go quiet, go clear, follow your heart. I mean, you can know you make the right decision. So I think you've just answered your question there. Yeah, exactly. if you're if you're making the right decision following the path you just stated, then you know you're living the kind of life you should be living and you're you're a good person for that i don't think you yeah can but live. there's only one time that you can know that and that's right now yes exactly yeah, yeah. because if you, you're right if you ponder on it too much and you let yourself go down the road it's going to go it leads right back to your ego again yeah. so yep. so focus on the decisions you're making now opposed yes. to the long-term effect of, are you a good person? Yeah. And that's the only time you can know if you're a good person is right now. That's the only time you'll know. You won't so know Luke, it from back then. You won't know it from in the future, but right now you can know it. So Luke, yeah. are you a good person? <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> Right now, I'm a good person. <laughs> well, you haven't Talk said anything. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I love it. It's um, I was just looking at our clock, and I was like, "God, man, an hour and twenty two minutes gone by already." It feels I like know. we just kind of we feel like we just started scratching the surface, you know. So yeah, this is uh, this is good stuff. I, my wife, she. She kind of was messing with me earlier. She's like, ah, you got to go be on your podcast tonight. And I was like, yeah, yep. And uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's like this for you guys, but just because you're actually doing it, you're doing it every week, every, every Tuesday you're doing it. And it's just one night for me, but it's almost like it's uh, surreal, you know, and it's, and it's still kind of, it's got, it's got to be surreal for your family. Like, Oh man, Luke's going down. He's he's got a podcast. He's you know, and, and it's probably your your family still. I would guess they're probably still uh, coming to terms with the fact that this is a real thing. You know, you guys are really you're really doing it. Uh, that that's commendable. It yeah, it's unfolding um, rather nicely. 
Um, but yeah, it is. They know Tuesday nights. I'm in here doing a podcast, so they don't. Yep. So we've I've been, been doing it for a long time. Just like you, I, the only difference is like you're you're just making a record of it, and the technology right. got better. The technology got the better. The technology got better. <laughs> and, technology got better. For sure. So, so I'll throw one more thing out to you guys that I had written down. And I, I definitely wanted to talk about it, and you, you, re- you referenced it earlier. And I didn't know, you know, I asked Luke when I started, when I, you know, a couple of days ago, I was like, so kind of what are you guys wanting to talk about? He's like, well, we don't really establish that, you know, we have a kind of a general idea of maybe a couple of comments or something, and then we let it flow. And, but one thing kept resonating with me because it's, it's exciting in my life. So I told you, I I listened to the podcast out of order on purpose so that my son could listen in the truck. Well, he's the type of person, he's a teenager, 16. When he gets in a vehicle, he is zoned out. He's, he's either in his phone or he's in his head doing something. And you could ask him, Hey, how did we get from point A to point B? And he could not get back to point A if his life depended on it because he, <laughs> he's just not, he's not in the now he's not in present time when he's driving, he's off in his head somewhere. And I kind of teased him a little bit. I was like, Hey, you remember, uh, you remember meeting Luke, right? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, he's doing a podcast with his brother. So immediately, you know, podcast. Oh, really, really? They're doing a pot. Like, like how many, how many followers do they got? How many, you know, and he starts asking me all these questions. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, but Luke's been sending me the, you know, the podcast and they've got one about, you know, uh, people that are new to this journey. And I have tried over the years. He's, he's actually my nephew that we adopted. And so he's only been in our life about three years, but you know, uh, I've tried to delicately place seeds like Luke, like Luke would say, you know, you plant the seeds and you hope that they sprout and you can cultivate those. Not in a sense of, I, I don't want to feel like it's my mission to, to make him think a certain way. You know, I think that's egotistical in itself, but, uh, when, when it's people that are close to you, I think it, that's when it starts becoming, you know, you get a little bit nervous about it because you want the best for the people you love, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think having an outside source to go to like a podcast like this was 10 times better for him than anything I could tell him right here in the house or in the yard or wherever, because, uh, you know, for one, I'm the parent, you know, so I don't know anything, you know, <laughs> obviously. Right, but right. From, but coming from, you know, someone else. So we just kind of, we had about an hour drive and I just kind of put it on and I said, just, I said, yeah, this is Luke, this is podcast. And he's really listening to it. Like I can hear him, not hear him. I can see him listening right. to what's going on. And then he's, and then, I wish I, I was driving. I didn't have a moment to write it down, but something was said between you and Luke. And I saw him kind of, he did this. So I paused it. I said, what are you thinking? And he's like, I'm just going over like 
just trying to think about everything, like what my life, like what, where am I going? Uh, you know, what do I believe in? Because if you were to ask him at any point in his life, what he believes in, he would say that he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. And a hundred percent of his decision-making process is based upon all the bad things that's happened to him in life. So obviously there couldn't be a God because he's tried to pray to God and all, and nothing ever happened. So there obviously can't be a God in his eyes, you know, so, or at least a God that we think of God in society, you know, outside of this podcast. And I said, so what do you think? You know, what do you, what do you believe in? Just tell me. I said, there's no wrong answer here. This is your beliefs. And he was hesitant, but he looked at me and he said, he said, you know, you're probably going to laugh, but I think we're in a computer simulation. And I didn't laugh. I, I kind of smiled at him. I said, I said, okay, now we're getting somewhere. I said, why do you think we're in a computer simulation? And so he's never seen the matrix, believe it or not. So he's not trying to quote me from the movie and, and kind of get right. one over on right. me. You know, he's trying to explain to me in the terminology that he uses, you know, why, you know, the, the explanations of life, you know, why it's this way. So I, I, I talked to him a little bit about it and I said, well, you know, why don't you think I said, I said, think about this. I said, I'm not telling you to do anything. Just think about this. And then I said, I'm going to leave that with you and let's keep listening. And, and he sat there and listened to the whole thing. And the other yesterday, no, two days ago, he, uh, he was told uh, something that he really didn't want to hear by us. And he got upset and he went in his room. And a few minutes later, I needed him to, or 30, 40 minutes later, I needed him to come out and, and do something else. And he came out. I said, I said, are you all right? He says, well, I've been in my room meditating. I said, and what were you doing while you were meditating? He says, I was trying to control my breathing and trying to push out all my thoughts. I wow. didn't tell I didn't tell him that you told him that. Yeah. He heard, he heard that in the podcast. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, how do you feel? He said, well, my head kind of hurts. He said, but you know, I, I, as far as, you know, how I feel, I mean, I feel okay. He said, just my head hurts. I said, well, just think about how many thoughts come into your teenage brain every day, unknowingly and knowingly. I said, and now you're trying to stop all of those thoughts from what happened yesterday or last week or last minute ago or tomorrow or, or an hour from now. I said, all of that, you're trying to come to a screeching halt. It's like stopping a moving train. I said, it's not going to feel good at first. I said, but I said, did you at least take a moment to reflect in your mind? Like why, why you were upset, you know, pushing that feeling out, getting your center, He's like, he's like, I'm working on it. He, I was like, I was like, so are you still upset? He says, no, not really. And it was like, uh, <laughs> it was the, in three years, it's like the first time we've really bonded on something because, you know, I haven't had a lifetime to, you know, do sports with him or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Really the only thing we do, you know, we'll, uh, we'll play golf together recently and, 
and we, we lift weights together. You know, that's our, that's kind of our thing. But as far as mentally, we're working on that mental connection, but it was so cool to hear it. And I sent him a text today cause he works for my business and he's working today cause he's out of school. And I said, Hey, how about, I said, how did today go? Oh, you know, this and that, this and that. And I said, so I said, what are you going to do when you get back to your grandmother's? Cause he's staying over there. And he says, well, he said, I'm just going to take a minute and, and think, you know, and think, I said, well, remember the meditation. I said, when you get home, I said, take a moment and, and clear your mind. I said, I, I said, don't lay down in the, in the bed because I know he'll fall asleep. Don't yeah. sit in the recliner. <laughs> I said, find yeah. a, I said, get a dining room chair, take it to your room and just sit there. And I said, and, and just, just push it all out. And he's like, I'm going to do it. So, um, he's, those are the seeds that you guys planted. I mean, I've been trying to, to put them in there, but he heard it from you guys. So Luke mentioned it earlier, you know, he hopes that that's going to, you know, people are going to tell other people, I mean, who knows, Hayden may have a great experience with this and I can help him with his process. And, and he, he helped other kids, you know, other teenagers starting younger in life than we did. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's pretty powerful. And it was almost cooler for me. I mean, it was better for me to see his little tiny baby awakening. Yeah. Than my whole process almost. Right. You know, and I don't want to feed my ego with anything like, cause I, I didn't do anything, you know, I, yeah. I, it was just giving him a platform so that he could hear someone other than me. And, yeah. and, and I hope you guys can do that here. And it really catches a hold catches hold of, of other people who, you know, there, there are definitely thousands, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people that, that are lost right now. They don't know what they want. They don't know where they're going, but you know, there are people who are a hundred percent resistant like he was that it, it just takes that brief moment and, I think, and, and they've heard something. I think you hit the nail on the head too, because before you guys got them, there was a lot of suffering, correct? Yeah, yeah. So he had, just shows you no matter what the age, even Eckhart talks about it. You hear, especially if you've never heard other people talk about this, um, that when you're coming from a level of suffering, you're you're ready to go you're ready to go and I, with me when I was 20, I had, I had a lot of anxiety in my chest. I had a lot of like this suffering. I didn't even know why. Um, but it was just this weird. And then I heard a spiritual teacher back then, just like Hayden heard something and something resonated, but it had to do with, there was a lot of suffering and I'd never heard that before. I was like, Holy shit, what is going on like that? And so then I was, I just, it was like, I was drawn to it. I mean, so that's why I didn't have the kind of awakening that Kane had because it, I guess it was a small awakening at that point, but I, I, I needed to break through something. And I think Hayden sees that clearly from the suffering. So I don't mm -hmm. think you could take a normal 16 year old who has been raised and it's just pretty comfortable, never had too much happen to him maybe even goes to church, but doing all the right things may not even hear this right now. Cause there's not enough suffering. 
but yeah, he has that goes to what we were saying earlier. He has had enough suffering, and that's why at 45, you had an awakening. Hayden maybe in his earlier days had more suffering than the average kid, but he could be ready to hear that at 16, which is very yeah, unusual. Yeah. That's what we were saying earlier about pride. Like it's harder for those people that are sitting comfortable in their in their construct of happiness. Absolutely. So his Absolutely. internal he has a lot of internal suffering, I guess. And the only thing I, that I heard when he came out of the room is that he was trying to stop his thoughts. The only thing I would tell him is try to stand back from the thought stream. Just stand back. Not try to completely stop the thoughts. Because the thoughts will dissolve effortlessly. But when you start to try to apply effort to stop something, kind of heeds the whole um, process. But it's just that yeah. just a little pullback. To where yeah, observe. I'm in observe a thought stream. Them. No, I'm out of the thought stream. That's enough. Well, I think I think the way I went with it was I started because he heard the part about you referencing your hand. And I, and I tried to explain to him why that was important. It, it wasn't I didn't really tell him to, to stop trying to stop, but I told him no, just he what sees, he said coming out. Of yeah. The room. Yeah. When he sees those when he sees those thoughts come in. You recognize that hand, you know, you recognize it, you can bring yourself back to now. And you step, like you said, you step back from them and they dissolve themselves. So, you know, and, and I can see how, you know, a young mind like that listening to this, they're like, okay, I got to stop all those thoughts. Yeah, you know, right, I got to get exactly, all those bad exactly. thoughts out, you know? So yeah, that's a good point. And it could help him like thinking like, man, my head hurts. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not yeah. so much of forcing yourself to remove everything, but to be present in the now and, and let it dissolve itself, you know? So that, that, that's good. I'll take that back to him, but yeah, it's, it's pretty powerful. It was, uh, it was a good time. I hope I'm going to try to try to help him the best I can, but I'm also going to give him the opportunity to listen to your podcasts. You know, I'll say, Hey, it's there if you want to listen to it. And I hope he I hope he can do that because uh, there's a lot of good stuff on here. And I think I think one challenge you run into when you have someone like Hayden who is who is on the other end of the spectrum, who doesn't believe in God. It's another it's a different way. You have to explain spirituality a different way to someone like that because they're so resistant to religion they confuse that with spiritual spirituality and and you have to find that you, you help them find the distinction between the two where the other end of the spectrum, you know, uh, religions, you know, they, they think they're very in tune with spirituality in their own way. You just have to help them realize the difference, you know, the difference in, you know, in, in focusing on a religious doctrine opposed to looking inward to find to find that level so yeah it's a i'd love to keep you guys updated on on his on his journey especially if he starts to listen to the podcast that'll be really neat yeah with everything he knows about god and his it, it, it would make sense that he either hates god or doesn't believe in god uh, yeah at this point i mean that 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 tells me he's in the right spot yeah yep i heard you say that on another podcast he's he's primed like you said, there's a, there's enough suffering there that, you know, at 16, he, he, crazy. he couldn't really, 
I mean, there's always a, a, a worse day. You know, there's always something worse that can happen to you. But in a sense of uh, comparing it to a normal, uh, you know, a normal childhood, it was down low to the bottom, you know. So he, he didn't have any kind of positive influences to help him. You know, Kane, you were referencing earlier, how am I a good person? He didn't he didn't have any positive influence to even show him what society thinks is a good person, much less, you know, am I making the right decisions right now? You know, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. I hope it I hope it gives him some some structure internally that he's looking for because he, he you can I could see it in his face. He's looking for it. But he doesn't know how he doesn't know how to explain what he's feeling and what he's looking for. Yeah. And 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 he may he may it may take him a long time before he can, but at least he's starting to look at a different he's looking at it from a different perspective now. So that that's the positive thing. Yeah, I think a lot of times um that atheism kind of goes hand in hand with nihilism. So you just have a negative outlook overall and hopefully not in this case but i mean it it gets to the point of suicidal i mean that's the eckhart tolle story it gets to the point of there is no point um there's no reason for anything and i mean that's the next conclusion is that suicidal conclusion but that's an interesting conclusion when the goal is the destruction of self the destruction of self gets you there so the, the only thing we have to manage is the de- destruction of self. It can't be the complete destruction of form. But if we can turn that into destruction of ego, then you're off to the races. And then so I'll, I'll yeah. admit, I didn't know what nihilism was. So I just Googled it. And uh, man, it, there's such a fine line between nihilism and athe- atheism. I mean, it's, yes. they're bordering each other and, and it would only take, a small push in the wrong direction before like it says in the definition life is meaningless yeah you know yeah uh, that that's yeah wow i mean it's slow incremental steps but but that last one is ready for self-destruction but that's when you're primed for the message yeah yeah and I mean, of course, we don't want to flirt with, but the whole point is tons of people find themselves there. Yeah. I mean, we're we're just observing the fact that some people take these turns, find themselves there. And our only message would be like there is a message of hope, even all the way at the end, when when you hit the wall of suicide, there is still a place to go there. Yeah, where you can you can turn even that thought process that you're invested in can now help you if you can point it in the right place and just dissolve the ego. And if you can put I I don't know. The only one I know of for sure in terms of just listening to the story is that that is Eckhart Tolle's story. He found himself in the pit of suicidal thoughts. And that's how he was able to get himself out. And he put all that. And I mean, he, he was in his thirties, right? I think he was in his thirties. Yeah. It was a long 
built up time of pain, suffering and suicidal thoughts that when he figured it out, like right at that moment, and he put all that energy into the destruction of self, but remained. That's why his is so epic. I mean, he had so much behind that to actually kill himself. And then sat there basking in his own being after he was done with that process. Yeah, it's just interesting to know that, I mean, for all of us just raising kids and then your kids are going to have friends. And I mean, so there's a big community of people trying to come up and understanding themselves and finding themselves taking wrong turns. And I think one part of this message that's nice is like, even at the end, there's a place for these people to find peace and happiness. It's one of the things I love about just the whole awakening process in general. I mean, it just offers something to everybody. Yeah, it makes you wonder if the way that Eckhart Tolle had in an awakening, he's like so present and so committed to it when he writes and when he talks on stage. I mean, he's he's not even really having any small talk unless it's just it's just coming from you know a water flow of the present moment. It makes you he's wonder. Very authentic. Yeah, <laughs> he put, it makes you wonder if he pushed it to the very last minute of suffering that you could possibly do that yeah the rebound exactly. effect of how his awakening is yeah so uh i mean he is committed to i, I don't see eckhart totally like he he takes a pause when he's asked a question nothing comes out of his mouth unless it's of complete present moment clarity no yeah. matter what it yeah. just does not happen and it just, in as far as you and the ego and how it came down, you you had that kind of snapback too. Um, yeah, but I didn't have like that much suffering going into it. Like I don't feel like there was that much much of a rebound force. And even it, when you, Oprah asked him if he still has an ego, and he turned and looked at her and said, "No, I don't even have an ego." <laughs> And like I'm still like painting pictures and having fun. I mean, yeah, uh, but with you, but with you, you, there's things that are irreversible. Oh, yeah. Like, had, yeah. Is there, there's no is going there, back. Have no. you yeah. gotten angry at all one time since that day? You, which was what six weeks now? Have you seen it? Do you have a pathway to anger? You know, it's funny because there is a pathway there, and um and I can explain it like little stupid stuff, like um, part of my truck that's not working right. And in the past I would be like, God damn it. You know, that's pretty much that like, God damn. And now it goes like this. Got gotcha. You almost got me. Gotcha. You slickery, gotcha. yeah, <laughs> you I slippery devil. That, I can feel that initial and it starts to go, but it's like, it, it won't quite connect. Yeah. That's where I was at with the painting. I was like, yeah. And then yeah. I said, nope. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good feeling when, when you have the awareness at the right moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good feeling. 
I was talking to Kane and it was so, I, I wish everyone could have talked to him in that two weeks after he awakened because it was so drastic. His personality was so drastic. He's gotten a lot of it back now, but you know, uh, it's his wife panic called me three days in. I mean, it was, it was that drastic. I mean, it, and, um, I was talking to him, he was in the backyard and we were talking about anger and he said, I threw that shit in the neighbor's backyard. I can't even <laughs> find it. I can't even find anger. I didn't even, anger doesn't even exist anymore, <laughs> but it was true. Like it, yeah. it, something came in when all those cards fell something came in and he was on a trip to the grocery store and that when he came home and was putting up groceries i knew exactly the euphoria that he was in but yeah. i was i was it was putting me in a euphoria euphoria but That's i was exactly perplexed right. that mr intellectual just came crumbling down i couldn't believe it kane he was so excited he, he called yeah. me he called me same day and, and me and Luke used to, I mean, we would talk multiple times a day because we were doing pretty much the same thing at work. And, and now I'm doing something a little bit different. So it steers our conversations away from talking as much, but he called me and I wasn't available. He's like, don't, don't let me forget to tell you about my brother. I was like, and I didn't okay. tell you to like two weeks later, no, two weeks later. And he was, it was still like, it just happened that day. He's like, yeah. you won't believe it, Brian. I mean, and he's telling me all this stuff. And I was like, man, that is so freaking cool. Yeah. And, and and you may go a lifetime, Luke, and never see that again. That first phone call, Brian, it hit me so hard that I couldn't speak. And you were towards, dumbfounded towards the end. All I could say, because I, I don't cry like I couldn't understand like why I wanted to cry and it wasn't like quite coming out like bawling cry, but it just felt like building. No, not all, emotions that you used to know a different yes. emotion. Like uh, just, yeah. it was like, it's like in the back of my throat or something like something that's, but all my mouth could do was Luke, I love you and I'm thankful and I'm grateful. Luke, I, I was literally mumbling it at the end. Luke, I love you. I'm thankful. No. And I'm grateful. <laughs> And his and, wife would ask him how he was, and he that his, his his for two weeks it was wonderful. Everything's wonderful, <laughs> amazing. Hey, he had a state of euphoria. He was he was he was on cloud nine, as they say. He was floating in the heavens. <laughs> yeah, I've never. Uh, it was um, it was a sight to see. That's for sure, no doubt about it. So, Kane, think about uh, think about where you were at. Okay. Relate this to the, the, the Christian view of heaven and hell. In that moment, you were in heaven right there and have been since then. You know, it's a, I'm, I'm a big believer in we live in hell or heaven on earth, you know, based off the energy that surrounds us, you know, and what we're, what we're getting back and putting out. And I mean, 100%. You want your life, the, like you, like we were talking earlier, the every decision you make now, you're making it with a present state of mind with, we won't say complete ego gone, but minimal ego, 
and at least a rec a, a, a recogniz recognition that there is an ego there and that's how you know that's how you know and 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 you'll know when it's not that way anymore you'll feel it and i and i and i hope you don't get there you know because it's it, it's a crazy ride man and it, it's just amazing to see uh, it, it it gives me it makes me excited like I was hooked from the very first podcast. I mean, I was already having conversation with Luke for 20 years, but to hear it, I mean, I, I listened to the first podcast in all in one sitting and Luke was like, ah, oh, you know, some feedback. What was it? I was like, it was great. He's like, well, you're going to love two and three. Cause we thought the first one was shit, you know? I love that one the most. Yeah. And I was like, man, that was the best one, you know, because it yeah. had no direction nothing going on and it just it, it made itself in the present time and 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 i was thinking about something that you said a few minutes ago about eckhart tolle luke being on this podcast right now has kept me in the state present state of mind for an hour and 52 minutes and time has flown by and and it's great that you guys, not that you don't do it throughout your day, but minimally for two hours every week, you have a platform and an opportunity to speak with like-minded people. Obviously, hopefully you'll have a guest on that. Angry that, people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> regular people. No, but no, just, uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, those regular folks. No, uh, hopefully you'll have some people on that are controversial, you know, that, that have different opinions. I mean, I love to see Luke when he speaks with that because he speaks with passion, but it doesn't come from a, um, from a place of ego or pride that he knows more. He knows something that somebody else doesn't know. And I can hear the same thing with you, Kane. And, but it's really cool that you have an area. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like um, a safety zone. You have two hours every week right. that you can live right now and you can do this and, and it just changes your whole life. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. We're definitely loving it for sure. <laughs> Just have to stay committed to it, and that's all. That's that's the only commitment there is: is staying commitment committed to the commitment. That's it. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's funny because now, like you were saying, you can make decisions, and um, you know, and you're in the present moment. Like, it's funny because I can still make bad decisions. Absolutely. I can. I can still. But I think the difference now is as you're like, let's take, so we just got over 4th of July weekend. I know from my awakening that I was drinking too much. And yes. then that part is clear now. And you can see yourself make the decision. Like, it's just, it's so rooted. I mean, I'm 45 years old. I mean, this is my, you know, 25th 4th of July with my wife. I mean, we kind of got a system here. Yeah. And there's and you're you're going to be socializing. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be in that system that you were in before. 
And so it's asking you to make those same decisions that you made before. And sometimes it just, it gets exhausting just to stand up to that all the time. You're like, you know, I'll be fine. I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to go along with the social part of the 4th of July. But it's funny what happens because what presence does is you make that decision, but it comes in now all the time sporadically, no matter what. So it'll come in after you made a bad decision. It just kind of looks at you like, all right, what's up? What's up now? You made that decision. You know, it, it calls you out on all of it. It's like trying to get away with something from yourself. It's like and impossible. you're going to and and you're going to continue to make bad decisions. There's going to be yeah. other bad decisions you make. Yeah. I, I think it's like you said, the present state of mind of of recognizing that. And, and yeah. like you said, calling you out, calling yourself out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, just don't let that build up to some other structure of, you know, self-hatred. Like, yeah, yeah. I made a bad decision. It was fortunately no big deal. Tomorrow's another day. The present moment is right now if if I feel so inclined, you know, and so even making some of those bad decisions, you're still kind of going through the process and it's still the system is still teaching you along the way. And at least for me, still teaching me about my ego along the way. And then the more I see that structure and the more I see like that justification or that second guessing, like all of that is taking a step back. All of that is just giving you more and more awareness of your own internal structure. And the more you can pay attention to that, when you're challenging yourself, when you're making yourself feel good, when you're tearing yourself up, making yourself feel bad. I mean, the more you can pay attention to all of that, the more insight you can step back and see all of that. That's where all the ground is made up as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that ends up for me being the methods. It's all that. And the rest in terms of the breath and the handwork, that's like the almost like mystical experience stuff for me at this point. Like some of my focus in that direction just ends up almost where I get caught up in amazement. And that's also another trap where you're just amazed by the experience. I think what's the mantra? Like, don't get caught experience seeking. There's like a warning mantra there, but I feel like that's where I'm at right now where the progress is actually being made more with the ego and the awareness. And then the methods, the real tangible methods in terms of breath and awareness on the inner body like that at this point ends up, um, almost just hard to hard to digest or it almost like as you're out there on the nature path having the experience of communicating with trees i mean that old skeptical part of me you know is always wrestling that back where it's it's very difficult to accept all of that meaning and um but that's that part is a fun fight. I mean, that's, that's a, uh, very, v that's a good place to be. If you, if you, if you find yourself there. Yeah. Like we just went kayaking, uh, over the weekend 
and there's this great photo and it's just this beam of light that's coming down it's right in front of um my kayak and my daughter's kayak it looks amazing like we didn't have any sense of this when we were out there um there wasn't I wasn't feeling something like special, like in that moment that I can remember, like it wasn't anything like that. It's just, we come home, we sit down, we're looking at the pictures and one stands out like big time. And I put it up on my Twitter. I'll tweet it out to you. Um, it's already on the page. Oh, is it? I retweeted uh, it. I did a retweet. When I first see it, I feel meaning. I feel nothing but meaning like I, yeah. I it's coming from me from somewhere. Like I feel that's my first thing when I looked at it and my wife just kind of like, did you see this? And I look and I just a, a huge wave of meaning. I was like, wow. And as soon as you settle there, you start to go, is there something wrong with this camera? Um, <laughs> like what's how, how did that happen? You know, you can feel yeah. It's trying to take the meaning away from you. Yep. It's trying to put it in thought, put it in time. It doesn't want you to have that meaning. And who doesn't want me to have that meaning? I don't. You do. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, how is that? How is that system fighting against me? How is that system fighting against what I interpret in the moment as just pure meaning? And that's, that's the, how deep that trickery goes. Even now even after everything that trickery is so amazing to me what it will go through to pull you out of just a beautiful moment of love and that's why when i hear eckhart talk about like he doesn't have any ego i'm like how the heck does this guy function like yeah. i just i mean I, I when i look at you i don't think you have anything i know you have some constructs that you've built back as far as sense of humor and some personality but the the telltale sign for me is when you talk about fear and fear of death and it, that doesn't you don't have it anymore yeah it's not there and that used to be a real sticking point with you yeah and that's all gone i'm already dead <laughs> can't fear death when i'm it's dead the, it's the second coming right there in the middle this podcast is <laughs> he he took the red pill or well, no yeah the red pill <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I it's the fear it, with death is conquered because your merging with yourself becomes so intense that it also at the same time merges with everything else. And you're kind of stuck where, I mean, I comfortably to myself use the word God. I, and I know Brian and you are comfortable with the word God. I almost don't like to use that word because I know it triggers people, but the whole God experience ends up coming through you. And it is very much like alpha and omega. It is like, wait, this is where I came from and this is where I'm going. And all this time isn't necessarily here the way that my form thinks it is. And then you kind of find yourself 
almost like in a time machine. So like you go back to a basketball game in the middle of the game and now you don't have to get all stressed out with like every single shot that they take and miss. Like you already know what the score is at the end. Yeah. So all this emotion that's being generated is all theater. Because you've already seen the outcome. And the outcome isn't like specific. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know the outcome is peace and love. And well, so, you know, you know where your presence will be. Yes. In the outcome. <laughs> you yeah. don't know the actual circumstances around it or the decisions, you know, the effect of your decisions, but you know where you will be internally in, in your own presence. You, you will be in the same place you are now. Yeah. You know, and that's really refreshing to know, you know, yeah. it's refreshing to know that that's there. But then again, like you said earlier, don't let that be another trap to take you down. Like, whoo, I'm safe. Right. right. Know, I'm, I'm good. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's it's a constant. It's a constant fight, but it doesn't yeah. have to be a struggle. A fight doesn't have to be a struggle. No, it, it, it definitely doesn't have to be a struggle. Yeah, we were saying the struggle is interesting because we were saying early on, like real early on in those first two weeks, we were like, so could we like take a trolley into hell and be okay right now? Like, could I just get on a train and head down there and just sit in the fiery dirt and just meditate in front of a demon and be completely okay on the inside? Like, It gets really. And to have confidence in the answer to that question. Like, where does that come from? Like, it's very, um, obviously bigger than me doesn't come from me. I mean, that's the only way you can get confidence in a question like that. That of course is a hypo hypothetical and kind, kind of a comic booky, but it was a fun question we were wrestling around with back then. How far you've come in just four short episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys We're getting tired to, yeah man i was gonna say i i i think we're at two hours and five minutes man it's gone by so quick 205 205 man, got working I, gentlemen here i can't tell you how much i appreciate you having me on uh i know it's the early stages but you know you definitely have something here and if like like luke said if it goes nowhere but to 20 people it's still you guys two brothers Obviously, there's a lot of love flowing between you. There's a lot of presence. And, you know, if the worst thing that comes out of this is you guys build a better relationship and a better life, you know, from it, then it was all worth it. You know? Yeah. Yep. Appreciate it, man. I Thank feel like you, I've known you for longer. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I've heard many, many stories of you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's good to. I was just thinking when I got on, I was like, man, I don't think I've ever seen you, you know, yeah, <laughs> but, I know. but yeah. it's good to put a face to the name and uh, definitely won't be the last time we talk for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great talking to you, Brian. Yeah. Very good, gentlemen. Very good. Signing All off. All right. I'll see you guys on episode six. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah, right. you too. <laughs>